Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. This is the Unsportsmanlike podcast on ESPN Radio. Holmes and Brady. Yeah, it's fair. Ish. Almost. Goat and waiting. Smalls are the best line about it. Goat and waiting. I'm cool with that. As a Brady fan like I am, I'm cool with Mahomes, the goat, and waiting. You know, it's amazing. From a football perspective, Chiefs win the Super Bowl, yet the Niners are definitely the bigger story from an on-field what happened perspective on Sunday night. And one of the biggest things was the overtime decision to take the ball first. Kyle Shanahan meets with the media, talks about the fact that his analytics department said that, you know what, this makes sense. We bring in Andre Snellings, ESPN senior writer, who is really smart with all kinds of analytics stuff, basketball, Do- Dr. Andre. That's right, Dr. Andre. Okay, yeah. so uh, Andre, I am not a doctor, nor am I very smart, <laughs> so you have to help with this. Kyle Shanahan said that the analytics department said to go for it, when, or get the ball first. When you have zero examples of something ever happening, and there's no sample size for something ever happening, how do analytics work for something that has never happened? Yeah, I mean, analytics often kind of gets a bad name because it's used as a catchphrase for everything. You know, like it's a foreign source of something, you know? <laughs> like, yeah, analytics told me to do it. No, <laughs> analytics just means facts, right? You know, you look at the previous facts and say, based on the the way things have happened in the past in this situation, this is what we'd expect moving forward. But to your point, this particular thing had never happened before in the past. So I can see maybe the analytics department trying to use uh, regular overtime rules or uh, in-game situations to say, okay, what's the likelihood that um, we're able to get a field goal and they're able to do this or, or, or that type of thing. But, yeah, there's no data for this exact set of situations. So Shanahan was going to have to make the decision largely off of his own experience. Yeah, it's it's crazy to me. I still don't understand it. And Shanahan's going to have a hard time squaring that with the players in that locker room moving forward. But, Dre, I want to switch over to what we got yesterday from Woj reporting that there was an almost trade in the NBA in the deadline last week, last week that would have involved LeBron James going to the Golden State Warriors. What are your thoughts on the potential move? And is this something that both sides could could revisit this summer? It's possible. I mean, it really... The conversation, you know, based on the article and stuff, it di- I didn't get the feeling like it was imminent, right? Like th- this was about to happen. It, it felt like um, the way you've been reporting it is is, is accurate that uh, the Warriors called and said, hey, based on the situation, is, is LeBron available? And I guess the Lakers didn't initially say no, which is news in itself. But I didn't get the sense that it was like, okay, we've got this deal in place and all we need is LeBron to sign off on it. You know, I, I never got the sense that it moved that far. So it was kind of a, a, a perfect storm of events, right, that LeBron has this player option in the offseason, that there are still unknowns about, A, how long he'll want to play, B, whether there's a scenario where he might be able to play with his son, there, there are questions whether, you know, will Bronny even be thinking about the NBA next year and what does that mean? So because of those questions, I can understand the Warriors saying, 
you know, let, let's kick the tires and see what this is. But I don't necessarily see that like, okay, this is inevitable. This is the path moving forward. It, it, it seems like it would have to be a pretty special uh, scenario for that to happen. Andre, let's stay there with that story and with that reporting. Do you think it would have been a good basketball decision for LeBron to go to Golden State? Basketball decision and legacy decision have to be tied in with with LeBron. And Mm. I don't know that if I'm LeBron James, I want that to be the next chapter, right? Going to play with the team that was the enemy and keeping it real, one of the other – well, two things. One – LeBron still catches some heat for the decision, right? You know, to go to Miami and play with Dwayne Wade. And even though that led to the first of his championships and and everything, he still gets some bad press for that. And then his contemporary, Kevin Durant, still really catches bad, you know, heat for winning his only titles with Curry. And so that wouldn't have been LeBron's situation, but I I don't know that legacy-wise that would have been the look that he wanted. And as a basketball decision – yeah, I mean, you, you put LeBron on this Warriors team, it makes him a lot more interesting. They're currently outside of the top 10 in the West, so they would have to go on an extended run. Essentially, the the, the playoffs would kind of start now, and you'd be built around a bunch of 30-somethings, and so like mid to late 30-somethings. So I don't know that it would have been like a slam-dunk case. It would have been a heck of a story. And quiet is kept – you know, um, I've heard you guys talking about it, and uh, Kevin Dur- uh, Kevin Garnett and, and Paul Pierce have a podcast, and KG said on there the other day that anybody thinks that the Lakers can contend this season is delusional. I'm not sure I'm willing to go there. You know, mm. I'm I'm also a, a man that's uh, gone past those mid-30s, and uh, my dad used to have this expression him and his friends would use. They would say, you know, I'm not the man that I once was, but I'm all the man once that I ever was. And I kind of feel like that's how this current Lakers team is. You know, Ev was pointing it out earlier. In the last year, they were able to make that run to get to the conference finals. They were able to play well in the conference tournament, but they struggle on the day-to-day in the 82-game marathon. I'm not going to put it past them to be able to make some noise in this year's playoffs, especially in the West, where it's kind of a rock-paper-scissors contest, where I don't think the Lakers can beat Jokic because they don't have nobody big enough to slow them down. But I think the Clippers can maybe beat Jokic, and I'm not sure the Lakers can't battle with the Clippers. And so, you know, with that said, I'm not ready to write off this Lakers team just yet. Andre, I wonder if, and I'm just speaking for myself on this, if I am just, I don't know, affected and impacted as a sports fan with the Chiefs, and I apply it to everything else, like, ah, the regular season, whatever. I'm sure the Lakers will be there at the end. (laughs) The Heat are going to be there at the end. Giannis is going to be there at the end. Obviously, the Celtics are great. Like, I wonder in some ways are we impacted by that, which is a complete and utter insult to teams like Minnesota and Oklahoma City and Cleveland and the Knicks that have not been there previously but are there now. Do you think the Chiefs' effect has kind of impacted our mindset here? I don't know if it's the Chiefs' effect. I think it's always been that way, right? Like, even if we stay with the Lakers, um, there was the whole flip-the-switch argument with, with Shaq and Kobe what, 20, 25 years ago. So it, it's always the sense that the the sports heroes that we've seen do it before are going to be able to keep doing it again. And at some point, Father Time does move on. You raise a good point with teams like the Timberwolves and the Thunder um, in the West in particular – that I think tend to get overlooked, even though they've been the one, two seeds in the West pretty much all season. The Timberwolves in particular, I've been talking about them really since they traded Rudy Gobert, I mean, for Rudy Gobert, that they are built. They have the size to beat the the, the Nuggets. 
and they if, if they could keep their perimeter game in check late in games and, and not have to descend to just Anthony Edwards playing hero ball, they are a team that can contend. So I, I, I do respect what you're pointing out in that, that instance, but I don't think it's a Chiefs effect. I think it's just a, a we know what we know, and we've seen the, the, the greats there before, so we just expect they'll get back. Dre, you just talked about teams that get overlooked. It feels like a team that's being overlooked right now, the Boston Celtics. They're 31 <laughs> games over 500 going into the All-Star break, and they just boat raced the Brooklyn Nets last night by 50. Yeah. I guess a lot of people take the approach of, wake me up when it's time to win a championship with the Boston Celtics, mm-hmm. and we'll see what they do from there. What makes this team different from Celtics teams that have come up short in years past? Drew Holiday and Chris Depp's Porzingis. Like, the the previous the last what five years the Celtics are in the conference finals pretty much every season. Yep, um, built around Tatum and Brown. But you know, I, I remember leading up to when they made the finals against the Warriors. Every time I was coming on the radio or, or every article, I was saying, you know, what they need is a point guard. You know, kind of like I just alluded to with the Timberwolves. They have this talented team, but when it gets late in crunch time situations, that's when you need a floor general that's able to, A, take the pressure of the opposing team, and B, set up their shooters in in positions where they can score. And I felt like they didn't have that, and they tried to rely on Tatum and Brown for that, but they're both more natural scorers, finishers, than creators. And I, I think that that got them into trouble in the past. And so for them to be able to trade for Drew Holiday, who's a a championship-proven point guard, now I will say the way they've been using him, it's not like they just gave him the ball and said be a floor general, but he's there. He's he's able to maybe uh, exert a calming influence in big situations, and that can be important. And then Porzingis, you know, they, they've had big men that were defensive-minded big men, and, and that's excellent because I think that's the most important role for a, a big man in the NBA, even in today's NBA, is defensive. But now they've got that type of defensive angle because Horford is still there, but Chris Stapps Porzingis is able to come in and also give you 30 points on a given night, and it just changes the way opponents have to defend them. So, yeah, the Celtics could be a problem, and, and I, I do think that the way, because they haven't won in the past, maybe uh, people are overlooking them a little bit and how how relatively easy they've had it in the East compared to what's going on out West. But, yeah, right now, if the Celtics can stay healthy, they, they look like they're going to be there all the way to the end. Andre, you're a doctor, Dr. Andre Snelling. <laughs> so can you do me a favor? Diagnose the Milwaukee Bucks for me. Huh. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, uh, my, my, my Ph.D. was not in... Um, <laughs> in Doc Rivers? <laughs> right, in Doc Rivers. Yeah, it's a different doc. But um, I, I will say, you know, when they traded... So I just got done talking about the Porzingis and, and holiday moves. Well, when the Bucks traded for Damian Lillard, I felt like uh, immediately they became my favorites to win the title because of the potential for what they could be. Damian Lillard and Giannis Antetokounmpo could be, they have the talent and the ability to be the best one-two punch we've seen on offense since Shaq and Kobe, who I just mentioned a few minutes ago. But they haven't quite put it together yet. You know, when you watch the Bucks play, it's a lot of, okay, it's my turn. All right, all right, all right it's your turn. Okay, now, now you go. You know, and I don't see the synergy that I've been hoping to see from them. And then, oh, by the way, they just stopped playing on the other side of the ball. You mm. know, the, the Bucks were always good on defense, and that's completely missing. And I don't, I'm not one that buys that 
that was entirely a Drew Holiday effect. You know, NBA defense comes from the inside out, and they still have a center who was second in the Defensive Player of the Year vote last season. And they still have a power forward who won the Defensive Player of the Year just a few years ago. So they still have the pieces for what should be a strong defense. So Drew Holiday moving on shouldn't be the be-all, end-all. I will say I did like them trading for Patrick Beverly. It was a relatively small deal, but it it kind of went under the radar. But I think that kind of on a culture level, he could come in and maybe espouse Doc Rivers' defensive and and, and energy effort uh, message from the inside out, which is a good thing, especially Doc's always horse. I don't know how much uh, we want him yelling all the time. <laughs> but, but, you know, I, I feel like like he's able to maybe light a fire under them a little bit on the defensive end of the ball. I expected, and I actually I wrote an article to this effect a couple weeks ago, that bringing in Doc and with the changes, that the Bucks were going to have some, some growing pains in the regular season, that they don't care about regular season wins. They fired the coach. Uh, coach Bud last year had the best record in the NBA in the regular season. And the coach they fired this year had the second best record in the NBA when they fired him. That's not what they're looking for. They're trying to be ready for the postseason. So I don't necessarily think they're going to win the Central. I think that might be the Cavs. But I think that if they've, they've got essentially a two-month window to get up to speed so that when they get in the playoffs, Giannis and, and Lillard know how to work together on offense and they have effort on defense. And if they have that, they can challenge even the Celtics in the East. Andre Sellings, ESPN senior writer. Tremendous stuff as always. Next time we have you on, what we'd like, I have a homework assignment for you. Uh-oh. Yeah, we'd like your projections as to how the three of us would do if we played in the Celebrity All-Star oh, game. <laughs> we, need, we need stat projections as to how we would do. Just run some numbers if you could. I know it's never happened before, but we can run some numbers. I, don't I was just about to say. I, I don't know that he's coming back on the show because he's wearing a Georgia Tech three-quarter zip, and I'm hey. a Virginia grad. I don't know hey. if we're going to let him come back Georgia on the Tech. show with that. GT in nah, the house. not that nonsense. <laughs> Every day. Get that nonsense out of here. Hey, I remember us beating up on, on Virginia and, and rushing the field wow. uh, back back when I was there wow. in the 90s. So. <laughs> yeah, because it happened so rarely when you did beat Virginia. That's why y'all rushed the field. Hey, I'm just but saying. But I digress. You know, it, I digress. It's a memory you can't take from me, Dale. <laughs> <laughs> We're on Sportsmanlike, presented by Progressive Insurance. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day. But sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really... Who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. This is the Unsportsmanlike podcast on ESPN Radio. Just when we thought the Kyle Shanahan drama and controversy over the Super Bowl was over, we got the explanation about why they took the ball first in overtime, which nobody was seemingly on board with. 
Uh, yeah, he made news yesterday, he being Kyle Shanahan, because he had this to announce to the world about his defensive coordinator. Good morning, I relieved Steve Wilkes of his duties. Uh, he is a great football coach, but just where we're going and where we're at with our team, from a scheme standpoint and things like that, I felt pretty strongly that this was a decision that was best for our organization. I'm committed to trying, with the situation we're in, trying to find what we believe will give the Niners the best chance in 2024. And when you have a group of guys who have played at a high level doing certain things um, a specific way for a while um i do feel that's the best thing to do for them so here's what's funny about this everybody seemingly wants kyle shanahan guys right like everybody's trying to hire people off of that mike shanahan kyle shanahan sean mcveigh tree steve wilkes was not on that tree he joins that crew seemingly does a good job and gets fired after one season. It's not seemingly does a good job. He does a good job. No, I know, the, but he the, got the, fired. The, so that's well, why I'm well, saying. I mean, here's the thing. The defense was good enough for them to get to the Super Bowl. And the defense was top 10 in defensive EPA and total defense. Like, that's the part I don't understand. And this is a, a, a defensive scheme that might be a little foreign to some of the players that, that are on the 49ers roster. So that's the thing. It's year one. And already what Steve Wilkes was able to do relative to what D'Amico Ryans did the past two seasons, was be better in points per game, better than yards per game, and better when it came to takeaways per game. Those are three key defensive metrics that are pretty important to your team's success. Mm -hmm. And you got rid of them? It doesn't make sense. They held Patrick Mahomes and the Kansas City Chiefs to 19 points in regulation in the Super Bowl? How is that a bad thing? I I don't understand how we look at this and say it was justified for Shanahan to move on from Steve Wilkes. It makes no sense to me other than the fact that Steve Wilkes is being scapegoated for some all-time gaffes when it comes to coaching decisions made by Kyle Shanahan in the big game. Yeah, especially since Kyle Shanahan had him run that same system that D'Amico Ryans and Robert Sala had because he wanted continuity. So this really does feel like he is trying to have everybody look over here and point the finger at somebody else for what happened in the Super Bowl. And I don't think that it's it's having that result. I think, if anything, it's making us examine Kyle Shanahan further. And if anything, I think people are seeing this for what it is. And he can say it wasn't the right fit, but I also think there is some level of excuse-making baked into this move. And I think, unfortunately for Kyle Shanahan, it's not going to work. And I think all roads lead back to us examining him and the pressure being ratcheted up on him. You know, one of the names is not to make matters worse. And this is so unfair Uh-oh. what I'm about to do. But one of the names that I've seen bandied about for defensive coordinator for them, Brandon Staley, Ooh. former Chargers head coach, because he's part of that. He's off of that, yeah. he's yeah. Off of that tree, he's right? Day, yeah. Uh, listen, here's the thing. Because of when it happened and what Shanahan did in the Super Bowl, it looks really bad for Shanahan. The reality is Shanahan has made more good decisions than bad decisions when it comes to coaches. I think that's pretty clear. Now, hiring Steve Wilkes we thought was a good decision also, by the way. I liked when he hired Anthony Lynn, who now went to uh, Washington for a better position there with Dan Quinn and company. He may be right about this. Steve Wilkes has a weird resume because he's been a, a good coach. He's gotten opportunities, but he gets opportunities for a short no, period of time. No, no, don't say he's gotten opportunities. That wasn't an opportunity what he had in Arizona. He got he, he a was job, a, he, was a, he was the head coach, and they fired him after one year with a rookie quarterback. And he, the rookie quarterback was Josh Rosen. How's he turned out in the NFL? Not good. Not great. Not existing. And, 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 then he, and then he took over in an interim head coaching role for the Carolina Panthers six after the six. Matt Rule disaster and had a 500 record after the team had, what, one or two wins in the first half of that season? 
How is that? How is that a fair opportunity? It's not an opportunity. He just had the label of being the head coach twice in the NFL. So help me understand this then. So here's someone that had three. What word would you rather use other than opportunity? Jobs. Yeah, a job. Okay. Yeah, he He's job. had three really high-ranking jobs. Yeah. Arizona head coach one season, then done. Carolina interim coach, uh, twelve games, then done. Niners defensive coordinator, Super Bowl, then done. What's going on here? I don't know. I think it's it's two different situations. I think the dysfunction of the Arizona Cardinals and the Carolina Panthers is how he got lost in the sauce. And then with the 49ers, because it was such a disappointment and because there's so much pressure and scrutiny on Kyle Shanahan, not only for losing in the second Super Bowl that he's been through, but how they lost – I think this is a knee-jerk reaction, and this was one of the guys that was an easy target to scapegoat. Give your fans their pound of flesh in terms of holding somebody on the coaching staff accountable and give them prospects for hope for a different result in the future. And then, oh, by the way, he's not my guy really anyway. But do you think He's not my guy anyway. Do you think that if they won the Super Bowl, he would have been fired? Because no. I'd, I'd like to think the no. answer is yes. No, no, no. I would be. No. I would have been surprised. You you, fi- you don't. Fire, I don't, I'm not saying I want to fire, fire Super Bowl winning coordinators. But you do if you have some. No, sort you of don't. Problem no, 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 no. You don't. Well, they let you let them walk you away. Don't. Then? They, they they walk, but you you don't fire them. Wait, please give me an example of a Super Bowl coordinator that won the Super Bowl that got fired. My my point is this. My point. There may not be. My point is this. I'd like to. I'd like to believe. I'm not saying it's true. I'd like to believe if a head coach makes a decision that a coordinator is not right for their team, regardless of winning or losing, that decision is we're going to part ways. Right? You'd like to believe that a decision is made on a on a 17 game regular season and a postseason based on the interactions between the two and the rest of the team, and you'd like to not believe what may be the truth. Right? As you're saying. That he's the fall guy. Yeah, but when you're when you're making this decision, you're telling me that this is the problem area for our team. That wasn't the case in the Super Bowl. That wasn't a problem area. No, it wasn't. It wasn't a problem area during the regular season. It wasn't. The numbers bear it out. You were ninth in defensive EPA. You were third in total defense. And like I said, I mentioned all of the measurements. Better in points per game than you were under D'Amico Ryan's two years. Better in yards per, per game with D'Amico Ryan's. Better with takeaways per game than D'Amico Ryan's. Last time I checked, D'Amico Ryan's, Pretty good at coaching football. And you got rid of this dude. And let's not let's not also gloss over the fact that you didn't have your all-pro safety Talanoa Alfunga the entire year. You didn't have him. And he was still better than D'Amico Ryans was the last two years. Why, why are you getting rid of him? Well, that's why I wish he would have said yesterday, Steve Wilkes and I don't work together. We're not good together. I'm the head coach. Well, he, he did say that he was asking players to do something that was foreign to him from a scheme standpoint. But that's still that putting it on players. Done. Put it on you. That's the, what the, I'm saying. The, 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 well, yeah, I, my, yeah, my whole point is this, though. He's, he's making it seem as if what Steve Wilkes was asking my guys to do wasn't effective. And I'm sitting here looking at it and saying it was. The numbers bear that out. It was. The results bear that out. Your team got to the Super Bowl. What he was asking your guys to do actually works. The last two years, for now, they get to the Super Bowl. They didn't get to the Super Bowl when D'Amico Rhymes was the D.C. They didn't. Steve Wilkes, they did. I'm not saying that Steve Wilkes is a better coach. What I'm saying is Steve Wilkes is not the problem in San Francisco, yet you're treating it as such by firing him, what, 72 hours after you lost the biggest game of your career. So in your mind, he's the fall guy, he's the scapegoat. No doubt. There's no doubt in my mind. But here's the thing, like Small says, it invites a different level of scrutiny 
on what Kyle Shanahan does moving forward. And you're going to have a hard time doing better than replace by trying to replace Steve Wilkes. So are we ready then? There was a three-headed monster going into this offseason in the NFL of coaches that have been... It would be so great to hire Brandon Staley, though, right? Mr. Analytics himself. <laughs> We're going to bring in Brandon Staley with the analytics and then Kyle Shanahan making decisions about analytics. It's great, isn't it? Let's put these two guys together. We'll have an analytics party. Well, now you have evidence Let's of what happens go, in analytics. analytics in San Francisco. Let's go. <laughs> but you had a three-headed monster go. going into the offseason of head coaches that have clearly been successful where they were, but not successful enough that put them on the hot seat. That would be Nick Sirianni in Philly, Sean McDermott in Buffalo, and Mike McCarthy in Dallas. Are we ready to add another coach to that three-headed monster? We'll answer that question coming up. We're on Sportsmanlike, presented by Progressive Insurance. For the ones who get it done, Granger offers high-quality supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as access to product specialists who have the knowledge and experience to answer your toughest questions. Plus, their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facility safe and your people safer. Call, click Granger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Have you ridden an electric e-bike yet? You need to check out Electric e-bikes today. The number one selling e-bike in America. Two things stand out that bikers love about electric. Number one, the majority of their models come pre-assembled, so you don't need to be a bike savant to ride them. Number two, electric wants to empower riders to spend more time exploring outside on their bikes, so they've made range a priority. Long-range batteries allow riders to hit typically around 65 miles of range or up to 150 miles on some models. Bonus! Electric has purposefully priced their bikes to be affordably awesome, so you don't have to break the bank to get these sweet rides. See why people who have made the switch to electric bikes have fallen in love with biking again by visiting electricebikes.com. That's L-E-C-T-R-I-C ebikes.com. This is the Unsportsmanlike podcast on ESPN Radio. Eric Douglas, I think the answer is no, based on what we saw yesterday with Steve Wilkes fired by the San Francisco 49ers. We are Unsportsmanlike, presented by Progressive Insurance. So, so much conversation about Kyle Shanahan. Want to add one more layer to it before we answer this question about is he part of a big four or is it just a big three when it comes to NFL coaches this year? I'll explain in a second. But Travis and Jason Kelsey have their New Heights podcast. And Travis specifically was discussing on the most recent edition of it his shock when the Niners took the ball first in overtime. You win the coin toss. That's that's what you get. You get the opportunity to have the advantage, and they handed it right over to us. When they said we want to receive, and the ref looked at Fred, and he said, are you sure? Yeah. <laughs> you Dude, sure you want to receive? And he said, I yeah, was, yeah, I want to receive. I want the ball. I was, I was just like, I, got, I jumped out of my seat and said, They're, hey, hey, here we go. Here we go. Let's go, boys. Perfect. They want to receive. We get second possession. We know exactly what they want. Defense, hold them. Just hold them to three. Hold them to three. We're going to go down here and win this thing, baby. Freaking crazy. Really was. I was texting Nick in the before that even happened because we go over the same situation in playoff football. I assume he means Sirianni. Yeah. yeah. That, that would indicate, you said, what is he good at? I guess Sirianni's good at situational Communica- football. Communication. Preparation. Yeah. Communication with the players about situational yeah, football. If J- that, I got to be honest, that is the best endorsement of Nick Sirianni we've had all offseason so far. I kind of agree. Jason Kelsey saying during the Super Bowl with his brother, just because you're siblings doesn't mean you're best friends, and his best friend. They, they are clearly brothers and best friends. Yeah. So during that moment, 
Jason Kelsey texting Nick Sirianni is the best endorsement Nick Sirianni has had since the season oh, ended. Which also, makes it, which also makes it laughable. Well, because, I'm just saying. Because Nick Sirianni is a coach that's going in the next season on the hot seat, not necessarily known for his strong suit with in-game management, not necessarily known for his strong suit with having offensive acumen or defensive acumen with play calling. But guess what? Even Nick Sirianni knows, based on the playoff overtime rules, that you don't take the ball when you win the coin toss. Even Nick Sirianni knows that. (laughs) Yes, absolutely. And that Jason Kelsey was thinking that in that moment, like, we're prepared for this. Why aren't they prepared for this? He ain't even playing in the damn Super Bowl. (laughs) He's in overalls in a suite with Taylor Swift, and he he knows what he would have done. But listen to the joy in Travis Kelsey's voice when when he's recounting this. He is talking about how shocked they were, how the the ref says, are you sure? And how they were shocked on the (laughs) sideline and excited saying, oh, really? Okay, Let's go out there and win the Super Bowl because they felt in that moment like they had a huge advantage. Travis Kelsey and the Chiefs went big pun. I'm laughing at you. Ha ha. That's what I mean. It was just a joke. It was a, like they literally thought it was it was just a joke. They couldn't believe it. So now big three versus big four. Here's what I'm referring to. It is rare in the NFL where you see teams that a head coach can walk into that is a legit Super Bowl contender. Okay, so not whether they are, whether they should be. I want you guys to answer these three questions with these three teams. Should the Buffalo Bills be Super Bowl contenders this upcoming season? Yes. Yes. Should the Philadelphia Eagles be Super Bowl contenders this this upcoming season? I can't go there. Yeah, I'm with you on that one. Okay, all right. Should the Dallas Cowboys be Super Bowl contenders? Can't go there either. They have the talent, but I can't trust them. I have enough. I have enough body of work with the Dallas Cowboys under Mike McCarthy to not trust them in the playoffs. And if I can't trust you in the playoffs, you're not a Super Bowl. Okay, contender. so let me re-ask it then. Fair all around. Are all three of those teams legit playoff contenders? Yes. Yeah. Okay. So it's rare that you have legit playoff contenders simultaneously, also with guys on the hot seat, right? I think we all would agree that if Sean McDermott in Buffalo, Nick Sirianni in Philadelphia, and Mike McCarthy in Dallas do not perform well this year, they all could be out. Agreed. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Are you ready to add Kyle Shanahan to that group? It's getting close. I mean, how many chances are we supposed to give Kyle Shanahan? Like, how many opportunities? Like, it's not as if the roster that John Lynch has put together is not a championship-caliber roster. They've been to two Super Bowls in the last five years. At some point, you got to be able to break through. But I guess it's not the fact that you lost, because I don't know if there's a, a whole lot of shame in losing to Patrick Mahomes, but it's what it looks like. You had a double-digit lead in the fourth quarter in 2019 in the Super Bowl that was played in Miami, and you lost that game. You blew it. You had a double-digit lead in this game. It ends up going to overtime. You decide that you're going to take the ball in overtime when there's no absolution that's going to happen no matter what you do. So if you score a touchdown, if you have a field goal, or if you punt, the game is not going to end. And yet you decided that you were going to take the ball in overtime and play for a sudden death that was never guaranteed to happen. It made no sense to me, Ev. And so under those circumstances, I think it's fair to put Kyle Shanahan on the hot seat because you can have a direct line from his poor decision-making when it comes to game management and coaching leading to your team losing the biggest opportunity that a lot of those people in that building are going to have in their professional careers. Mm-hmm. So I know all, all, both of you would take Mike Vrabel right now over all three of those previous coaches, McDermott, uh, McCarthy, and Sirianni, correct? Mm-hmm. Mm, I don't know if I'd go there with McCarthy, but... Okay. 
Yes, I would take Mike Vrabel over McCarthy. Okay, so there's a split on that. If I said to you right now, you ran the San Francisco 49ers, you have a you have a one day window. By the end of today, you have to make a different. You have to make a decision. You could either have Mike Vrabel or Kyle Shanahan as your head coach. I'm still going Kyle Shanahan. I don't know. Situationally is where Mike Vrabel thrives. I don't know. Vrabel thrives in the situational stuff. I don't know. I don't know. You have a one-day window. Where are you going? I I think I would lead toward Vrabel. And here's the thing. I guess it would matter in terms of what my staffs look like. If you're telling me I can have Kyle Shanahan lieutenants and we can keep the same systems in place, then cool. I'm rocking with it. I'm rocking with it because there has to be a change in terms of the culture and being on top of the nuances that allow you to have success within the margins, right? It's clear that San, Fr- it's clear like San Francisco wasn't buttoned up in that way. They weren't. Like for, for, for players on both sides of the ball to come out after the Super Bowl and say they did not know the playoff overtime rules is absolutely egregious. And then Kyle Shanahan trying to pass the buck by saying he delegated that responsibility to his assistant coaches Right before overtime starts, I'm sorry, it's not good enough. That's a bad luck. How do you have two weeks to cover this with your players and you don't even discuss it? You have two weeks to prepare before the Super Bowl and they're not made aware that there are different rules when it comes to overtime in the playoffs? There's no excuse for that. I absolutely know that that would not have been the case if Mike Vrabel is your head coach. I know that the team is good enough to get into the playoffs. The roster that they put together, they got seven all-pros on the team, and not including Nick Bosa and Debo Samuel and Hafunga to safety. You add all of those guys up, that's ten all-pros. Ten all-pros I got coming back on this roster. I'm not worried about them getting into the playoffs. It's can you be good enough against other playoff-caliber teams to be able to win? And I don't think that's the area that Kyle has shown to be able to excel in, at least not in the biggest spots in the biggest games. True, but I would wonder if you would be getting the same version of Brock Purdy if you didn't have Kyle Shanahan. Probably That's fair, and probably not, but Brock is going to continue to ascend from here. I don't think that losing Kyle Shanahan, if you keep the same coordinators, the same system in place, and most importantly, the same players in place, I don't think you're going to see this huge regression that's going to somehow alter the ceiling of what the San Francisco 49ers are. I, I just don't see that. So, again, I, I think it depends on what's around Mike Vrabel in the way of coaching staff. But it's, if you're able to keep the same offense, if you're able to keep the same players on that side of the ball, the San Francisco 49ers would absolutely be in a better spot to win a championship with Vrabel over Shanahan. This may be the single best time in the history of the sport to be a coaching free agent. It is not inconceivable that one year from now, new coaches could be had in Buffalo, Jacksonville, Dallas, Philly, Chicago, and San Francisco. Think about that for a second. If I told you that any one of those spots opened up after next season, you're not going to be shocked by that, are you? No. Not one. And then you could inherit Josh Allen. You could inherit Trevor Lawrence. You can inherit Dak Prescott, Jalen Hurts, Caleb Williams, and Brock Purdy on a cheap, well, then expensive deal with the rest of that roster. Think about that. This may be the single greatest time ever to be a coach. I'm just creator. sitting here thinking about the Mike Vrabel thing. If you were to tell me I can keep Clint Kubiak, son of Gary he's Kubiak. In, well, he's already. Yeah, yeah, but I'm saying if you could, if you were to tell me that I would be, I, if I would have been able to keep. Oh, yeah. If I'm changing head coach, if, if I would have been yeah. able to elevate him to my offensive coordinator, if I would be able to keep Anthony Lynn as my assistant head coach, if I would be able to keep Steve Wilkes as my defensive coordinator, if you were to tell me I could have that on Mike Vrabel, if Mike Vrabel's staff, because yeah. I'm promoting all of them. If you could tell me I would have that, yeah, I absolutely think San Francisco is in a better place to compete for a championship. Absolutely. But think about how many good jobs may be open in a year. Because, yeah. I mean, if Kansas City is going to occupy one spot in the AFC title game, worst case scenario, 
Well, that means one of Buffalo and Jacksonville ain't in it, right? If we're going to look at who do you, you love Detroit, right? Mm-hmm. You love Green Bay. Well, what then happens to Dallas, Philly, Chicago, and San Fran? This is the greatest potential group of jobs we have ever seen open at the time they're open. Because normally, when you get a job, it's a bad job. Mm-hmm. It's not a good job. It's there a reclamation are, project. There are chances in a year that we may have really good jobs available that if you're a coaching free agent now or then, you may be in great shape. We're on Sportsmanlike, presented by Progressive Insurance. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day. But sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really... Who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. This is the Unsportsmanlike podcast on ESPN Radio. Warriors let me down last night. Double-digit lead in the fourth quarter at home, and you lost the game. How, Sway? How? No Kawhi Leonard, and you lost the game. I'll tell you how. Norm Powell was on a heater last night in the fourth quarter. An absolute heater. Not to mention Russell Westbrook, the forgotten one with great. the L.A. Clippers. He's been absolutely phenomenal this year. Phenomenal. But I digress. I'm going to go back to the well, back to the NBA, back to the Golden State Warriors. Oh. I'm doing it. Before the All-Star break, there's no way they can go out with losing a second game back-to-back against the Utah Jazz. It just ain't going to happen. I mean, the Utah Jazz are right behind them in the seating in the Western Conference. I just feel like this is a game that they're going to prioritize knowing that they've got a nice long break before they're back to regular season action. So I'm going Golden State Warriors on the money line again, and I'm actually going to fade Steph Curry on total made threes. It's at six and a half. I'm going to take the under, not because I don't think Steph is capable of it, He's had four straight games of seven or more made threes. The only reason I'm fading Steph Curry on three-point makes is because I don't think it'll be a fourth-quarter game. I think they'll dial it back in terms of his overall minutes because they'll be firmly in control of the game tonight in Utah. So I'm going Warriors on the money line, Steph Curry under six-and-a-half made threes. That two-leg parlay pays out at plus 143. Perfect. He survived a terrible, terrible moment in our history. The most unsportsmanlike moment of the day. That was terrible. It was not a great look. All right, our most unsportsmanlike moments of the day, where we find stories around sports that uh, are a little different, a little quirky, a little unique. So I know everybody last night was probably all over the IUPUI Detroit Mercy game, of course. I mean, it was the game of the night last night. Well, Detroit Mercy had a 27-game losing streak, and they were 0-26 on the year so far. Not ideal. Well, they actually won last night against IUPUI. Now, here's the key to why this is an unsportsmanlike moment. I'll give you a dollar if you could tell you IUPUI stands for. Indiana University, IU, Purdue University, Indiana. Pay up. Pay up. Are you sure about that? Indiana University, Purdue University, Indiana. 
Maurice. Okay, all right. You just lost your first bet of the night. Say it again. Indiana University, Purdue University, Indiana. Incorrect. No! What is it? Indiana University, Purdue University, Indianapolis. Oh, come there on. There we go. There Incorrect. we go. Give me a break. Give me a break. Incorrect. Give me a break. That's Incorrect. how you have my bats, balls. Incorrect. That's how you have my bats. You lost. You lost. I don't so, owe you a dollar. You do owe me a dollar. You said I'll give you a dollar no, if you get no, it. Here we no, go. absolutely here not. Here we go. Here we that go. was not a bet. Here we go. Let me do this story. Here we go. You got to see this. You got to see this and hear this. Right there. Right there. You got to see and hear this. So they win. 27-game losing streak snapped. We're going to show the video on ESPNU. So one would think that the crowd would storm the court, right? They had one person <laughs> storm the court. They had a lone court stormer. Aww. If we have the video, I thought we had the video of this. Oh, yeah, here we go. So we so basically they win the game. All right, they win the game 81-66. The, the clock is running out. They're, they're all excited. They finally win a game after this 27-game losing streak. The referee is on the sidelines, and one singular person goes out on the court to celebrate. Yes. One. He's got his hands up. There is nobody else. Yes. They had a lone court stormer for Detroit Mercy. Yeah, I mean, them winning that game and then that person storming the court, it's almost like patronizing them, right? It's like we had a 27-game losing streak. No. What are we doing? That fan should get season tickets. Really? You think so? Yeah, if you're the only person that was that excited that the streak has ended, that you're the only court stormer on Valentine's Day, give that person some tickets. I, I, I honestly think that context matters. I'm pretty sure the person with that enthusiasm had some money on the game. <laughs> <laughs> I'm pretty sure that's the only thing that can get you that excited about Detroit Mercy College basketball. All right. That's the, the only thing. <laughs> and I-U-P-U-I. Yeah. Yeah. I'll give you a dollar, but I don't think I owe you. If you, somebody says, I'll give you a dollar if, that doesn't mean Indi- you owe Indiana them. University, Purdue University, Indianapolis. I understand, but that wasn't a bet. That was it a, was a bet. No, it was a, no way you know this, so I'll give you a dollar if you do. Yeah. That's not a, let's bet a dollar, do you know this? Now, here's the problem. I would have taken the bet and lost. Here's the other thing I wanted to show you guys. So, pay up. I know I didn't. Take, I'll give you a dollar. But he was so sure. And I know he was I like, was. give me a dollar. Oh come on! You lost. He I got like, the hard I, part he said, right. I should give him a dollar. That's right. Because yeah. I lost. He yeah. was sure, sure he got it right uh-huh. until he didn't. Kind of like the San Francisco 49ers players that would have been so sure they won the Super Bowl if they scored a touchdown, but they wouldn't have. It's kind of like Evan was just now. I don't agree. Anyway, I got the hard part right. I got yeah, the Purdue well, you're part outnumbered. right. There's two or three of us that agree. So right, you, uh, you should put a dollar. I think Rob if was on my side. If you don't want to give a dollar to me, at least put, I'll a, give dollar, you a, dollar. put a dollar in the take I will give you yeah, a dollar. Yeah, we're, we're trying to eat chicken parm. Just put a dollar exactly. in the jar. Um, Every little bit helps. Auburn is the 13th ranked team in America. Okay? They beat, Bruce Pearl, they, the show. They yeah. beat South Carolina by 40 points. South Carolina is ranked 11th. Okay? When you think of Auburn alums, who do you think of? Charles Buckley. Who else do you think of? Cam Newton. Okay. What about Bo Jackson? Right. Oh, yeah, yeah, of course. Yeah. So when Bo Jackson's at a game and you're a fan, you want to go and see Bo and take a selfie with Bo. He may not want to take one with you. <laughs> so last night they're in the midst of this unbelievable game and a fan goes up to Bo Jackson to try to take a selfie and Bo does the shaky hand and go, go sit back down because he's, he's, 
He's an everyday guy now. He's not the Bo Jackson anymore that played football and baseball. He's just the guy watching his team play basketball. And he's like, get out of my face. I don't want to take a picture with you. He says, no, watch the game. That's what he did. He said, watch the game. getting scolded by Bo Jackson because you're not locked into the game. That's awesome. That's pretty cool that he's a fan like that, though. I love like it. He just He's that into the game and so intense. I have no time for your selfies. I yes. know who I am. I'm Bo Jackson. I know what I've done. But I'm more important about what the guys on the court are doing. Yeah, I am locked I'm more in focused here. on that. Yeah. So uh, last one Apparently for us. him and Morgan Freeman. Uh, yes, that's <laughs> fired, true. Fired up about Auburn basketball. SEC basketball. <laughs> um, last thing. As if Jovante's Detroit Pistons haven't had a, as bad of a season as they have. They hasn't been bad enough. Worst team we've seen in years in the NBA. I don't know how this one happened. But Isaiah Stewart is a big man for the Pistons. He wasn't playing last night against the Suns because of injury. And yet he got into an altercation with Suns backup center Drew Eubanks in the arena hours before the game. He punched him. He got arrested for assault. He was issued a citation and released. I've never seen anything like this before. I always thought when you're in the arena and you're a player, like almost anything goes because it's part of the game and part of the sport. Like we have these comments. We're talking about altercations in sports. Imagine if that happened in real life, they'd be arrested. This did happen, and he got arrested last night. So he punched him. He punched him. So how is that different than what Draymond Gray did you say? That's what I'm asking the question because one's on the court and one's not on the court, but it's still in the arena. It's still in the arena, though, Mm -hmm. yeah. I mean, like – I did. I remember Ik Empanale punched Geno Smith with the and Jets. Probably, yeah, yeah. yeah. That was he, in the locker room. Did he get arrested? No, for that? he got signed by Rex Ryan with the Buffalo Bills. <laughs> arrested. I never he got knew you promoted. could get arrested. He got arrested. He got promoted. Oh, you broke Geno Smith's jaw. Good. That guy cost me a job in New York. Why don't you come on up here? Sign I got an active roster spot for you with the Bills. Yeah. Sign <laughs> I mean, if you let's say you got into it with I another player on another team before the game in the tunnel. Yeah. And you punched him. I would never think you'd get arrested for that. I would think that's like, okay, you're in uniform. Well, you can't go around punching folks. Uh, I'm not saying you could. I always thought. Do we know what the beef was about between Stewart and and Eubanks? Cece, I'm pretty pathetic with my sports knowledge. If I know the historical beef between Isaiah Stewart and Drew Eubanks, I have real issues. (laughs) I'm married (laughs) with kids. There's some some level where I'm like, I I shouldn't know this. Is there a beef beef between Isaiah Stewart and Drew Eubanks? I don't know, but it was an on-site situation. (laughs) He was like, look, I won't come to the arena, and as soon as I see you, I'm going to see you about that in the figurative sense. No time was wasted. Yeah, yeah, exactly. (laughs) Uh, There's going to be some furniture moving in this stadium. Like, as soon as I get to the arena, you better not be there tonight because if you are, I'm swanging on you on sight. And that's what happened. I, so I, I just want to know what the beef was. Like if it if it was to that point where I knew when I went to the arena I was looking for Eubanks, that I there's gotta be there's gotta be a story to that beef. Looking for I, Eubanks. I just, I just, not KD, not I, 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 I just, not Booker. I just, I just I'm looking to know the story. Where's Eubanks? I'm gonna go get Eubanks. Oh, my God. Greeny coming up next. We are on to Friday. Where's Eubanks? We're on Sportsmanlike, presented by Progressive Thanks for listening to the Unsportsmanlike podcast on ESPN Radio. You can listen to Unsportsmanlike live weekdays from 6 to 10 a.m. Eastern on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, and on Sirius XM Channel 80. You can also watch on ESPN2 and on ESPNU. Unsportsmanlike with Evan Canty and Michelle.